0: Welcome to Ballers with Babies, I'm Mark Willey. Today we know so much about what athletes and sports personalities do, but not so much about who they are, what makes them tick, what's life like the moment the stadiums and TV cameras go dark. Most go home to their families. We want to know what that after-hours experience is like. Ballers with Babies explores their upbringing, their home life, how it's affected by their high-profile job, and how that high-profile job is affected by the home life. On Ballers with Babies, we talk to some of the most interesting names in sports and find out how they're even more interesting than we realize. Don't worry, diehard fan. We'll get to the important sports questions as well. This is your favorite people like you've never heard them before. I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's uh, chat with Ann Killian here on Ballers with Babies. And I want to start with a big one. You've had a, what I would call a long, decorated career in very your industry, long right? <laughs> you're one of the great sports writers out there and also a mom how'd you do it
1: well yes um and of all the things i've done in my career i would say mm-hmm. that um being able to do both those things is probably the thing i'm proudest of mm-hmm. um because as happens for a lot of women um my career started to take off right when I was having babies. So, um, you know, it's just kind of that time in your life. And, um, I think society tries to kind of make it seem like it's almost impossible, uh, that, you know, and it is, it's hard and you got to have, um, the right, uh, significant other, you've got to have the right family support. Um, but, but it's absolutely doable and I don't like that so often it's presented as a choice in either or for women because I don't think it has to be a choice. Um, but yeah, I, um, I was, uh, working at the Mercury news, um, when my son was born at that point, I was covering the 49ers and I, um, actually, uh, it was right before the NFL draft and I, um, had to file a story on defensive backs in the draft um, and call for questions from the labor and delivery room. <laughs> Back then we called for questions. It was before uh, email was widely used. Right. so um so yeah uh, i i had I had little ones um when I when my daughter was born um she's my little measuring stick of 49er futility because the last time they won a super bowl she was 1 month old and she um she was with me my um her father my ex-husband had brought her to the super bowl um and brought her to me at halftime so i could nurse her she was a 4 week old infant wow. and um yeah it was uh Um, so it was hard for me to, to separate the arc of my career from the arc of my kids' childhoods.
0: You said, you know, you you don't like sometimes when society builds it as this choice that you, that you have to make, but did you ever have those moments? Did you ever sit down and think about, you know, how, how is this all going to map out?
1: Um, not not really um i am lucky enough that um i had family support um i i'm i think most people know i'm a native of the bay area i um you know i at at the time i mean sadly they're not with us anymore but the, at the time all four of my uh kids grandparents were nearby accessible ready to do whatever you know was needed. Loved you know watching the kids. Um, had pretty good daycare at the time, so I never thought, oh, I can't do it. But it was chaotic, and you know, you know, once you start having, once you start creating other human beings, <laughs> you lose all control of your life anyway, right? So, yes. so you just learn to thrive in chaos, and um, so that was kind of you know my strategy was. But, I mean, there were certain things. I knew I could never cover a baseball beat, right? No. I couldn't be gone that much. I could never cover the NBA. I couldn't be gone that much. I started out covering the NFL, which was and kind of still is as close to a 9-to-5 job as you could get. You know, you go to you go to practice during the week, and then there's a game on Sunday. So th- that's a little more manageable. And then once I transitioned into writing a column, um, it was um, more manageable – The tough things were, you know, my son was three when I went to my first Olympics and was gone for almost a month. I mean, stuff like that is, is, was, that was the hardest stuff. And it, you know, as, as you know, it's way more harder on the, on the parent than the kid. The kid's like, oh, have fun. (laughs) Bye-bye. Or they talk to you on the phone and they're like, they don't know. And you're, you know, crying at night, like, oh, my baby. (laughs) But...
0: (laughs) what's um what's at the core of everything you do what through this whole journey what what drives you?
1: Well, I love sports i love i i mean i guess what drives me um, is writing about people um writing about humans who are either uh, failing or succeeding on on in the bright spotlight and how do they handle that and and what what differentiates them why do some people thrive and some people can't handle it and and um you know how do they raise their families how do they navigate their personal lives in the midst of fame and all that kind of stuff I mean it's really about um about people you know I mean uh yeah I I write about sports but really I write about people who play sports and you know it's just kind of uh I just I find it fascinating, and, and I think also what drives me is what we talked about a little bit ago that I'm a native, so I've seen these teams what they mean to the Bay Area, what they have meant over different generations, how they've changed, um, and so I, I feel kind of also like I'm partially a historian, um, and that uh, that kind of drives me a little bit, and then and then the the woman thing, the, the being both a ro- role model for other young, for young women of what you can do. Um, and also writing about women and what they're doing in terms of, um, changing the world through athletics and sports and, and the way they can role model, like what we just saw with the women's world cup. I mean, that, that's a huge part of what I like to do too.
0: You just, that kind of leads me to what I was going to bring up next. And, and the U S women's national team is the most recent example. I feel like every time Uh, Women achieve in sports. We immediately start having that conversation of the role model uh, they are for for young women and for girls. I don't know if we have that conversation very often on on the men's side, but but you know because
1: I think it's a given. I think male athletes have been role models for young for boys and young men, um, and for so many years, women didn't didn't have that counterpart. So I think it's just the reason we don't have that conversation is that it's kind of a given.
0: But but that's on your mind very much also with what you're doing, the the example you set.
1: Um, I would say it's on my mind a lot more these days than it was. You know, when I started out, I was just doing what I like to do. Right. I was, you know, I, I knew I wanted a career that kind of um, was different. Uh, and I probably wasn't going to be a firefighter or, you know, um, a medic or anything like that. But I wanted... Well, You know, I grew up in, in the 70s when women were pushing boundaries. And so that was probably part of my mindset. My my parents, even though they were of a much older generation, you know, instilled in me a belief that I could do whatever um, I put my mind to. So, I mean, while, but it wasn't really super conscious about what I was doing, But but now it is. I mean, now I want to write about, those women who are, um, breaking the mold. I, I want to let young women know that, um, there's a lot of opportunity in the world of sports. Um, and, and like I said, it's not an either, or you don't have to choose between being a mom and and having a job. I mean, so yeah, the fact that I now at this stage of my career feel like I can be a role model. Um, I enjoy that.
0: You know, um... I think along the lines of what you're talking about, you, you've had to, and continue to, uh, break down a lot of barriers with, with what you do. And therefore I wonder what kind of undertaking that is. If you know, you have a daughter, if she had come to you and said, Hey, I want to, I want to follow in your footsteps and, and do the same thing. Would you encourage it or not?
1: Sure. Oh yeah. I mean, my daughter, um, yeah absolutely and and um my daughter was a kick ass little athlete and um she you know she was a role model for me because she was growing up in a different generation of you know how how you could succeed in sports and be on the field and the kind of confidence that could come from that cuz that was not really a part of my life there weren't a lot of opportunities um besides you know tennis and swimming kind of things but um uh yeah um i Sure, I would encourage uh, my daughter to do anything. And, and I would, you know, I and I encourage young women. A lot of people, a lot of both young women and young men ask me about advice all the time. And I have no, you know, I have no idea what our business is going to look like right. in 20 years. But they're the ones who are going to shape it and, and, and make it change. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, I, I, I always encourage people to get into it.
0: What about even say the last 20 years? Like I can remember when I got started in, in the business, there was this conversation about whether or not it was even appropriate for women to be inside the locker room. Yeah. And we've gotten by that kind of silliness, but I wonder what you think as far as how much progress have we actually made, uh, you know, or, or lack thereof, how, how would you assess where we are right now?
1: in terms of gender equity in in the sports world
0: and just the the, the the welcoming of female in sports and sports media
1: um i think we've made a lot of progress i think i um i have worked in the bay area for a long time so you know one this is a special place um to you know, I've outlasted every GM and coach and athlete and anyone who used to get mad at me, uh, you know, (laughs) it's like, guess what? You're gone. And I'm still here, um, including many owners. And so it's, um, you know, I don't have the perspective of what it might be for a young woman starting out. Um, and if there are a lot of barriers that they still face, I know that um, I was just uh, Susan Sluster, my colleague, and I just uh, we won the um, co-California Sports Writers of the Year, and we went. Congratulations, back. by Thank the way. You. Very nice. We, we went back to North Carolina together to receive the award, and it was pretty white male dominated, <laughs> I gotta say. Okay. And and um, luckily, we were fortunate enough to be. Um, honored at the same night that Doris Burke was winning the winning the national broadcaster of the year and and there were a lot of pointed comments about um including like Adrian Wojanowski Woj who I've known for years said I hope I'm the he won the uh national reporter of the year I guess and he said I hope I'm you know it's a I I hope not very many people look like me, meaning a white male, get this award anymore. We need to diversify this, and so I think there is still um, there's still uh, a lot of change that could be made. However, um, people like Doris, people like Jessica Mendoza, uh, you know, people like the woman that just won the World Cup, who are all, I would imagine, many of them are going to have um, really uh, robust post-playing careers um, mm-hmm. and perhaps even political careers. Who knows? Um, you know, I think all, all of those people continue to push the envelope and change things. And um, And, you know, I mean, I think one of the things I would like to see is to see the ability of our country to support a women's league, a women's soccer league, support the WNBA. The WNBA has a, a pretty solid fan base and does pretty well, but, um, but to just get, have it get more noticed and, you know, I mean, you can say the media is part of the problem, but, um, you know, that, that I think is, is uh, a step I would like to see um, sometime in my lifetime that that becomes a little more equal.
0: Those ladies on the soccer team you just referenced and your history, of course, in, in writing about and covering soccer is, is so deep um the messaging they've put out there uh the work that they they are doing w- what what is your thought on uh on on both what they're saying and how they're presenting it
1: i think they're great um i think you know there is a very strong legacy in that team i i've written about that team a lot um i have a book out that's for middle grade kids about um both women's soccer and men's soccer and and in the one about women's soccer i call them um, America's most popular team because really they are, you know, we've had other national teams that, you know, the dream team or the, or the hockey, uh, the 1980 hockey team where they capture the imagination. But this team has for through two different, ge- uh, three different generations, two different centuries, through all these, this turnover and coaches, they're so wildly popular and they, they take their legacy really strongly. They, they, um, you know, Megan Rapino is a direct descendant of Julie Foudy and and in terms of, you know, her mindset, her courage, her ability to to play with her heart and and speak with her heart off the field, um I think, you know, there was I I enjoy that there was controversy this year about how they were behaving because I think that's another way that women can role model for each other. Not everyone has to be the same. I wrote Hope Solo's book, and I love that Hope broke the mold. She did not behave. Now people can get really angry at her, but that's okay. We get angry at our male athletes. Like you, you. Not everyone has to be in this, you know, cookie cutter mold um, where you know we want these women to behave in a certain way. Why did they celebrate like that? It's just. Um, and I love that, you know, the double standard was called in the question. And um, and I the thing I like about them with their gender discrimination lawsuit against U.S. soccer is a lot of times in this world when people talk about discrimination, there's so much yeah buts. You know, yeah, but they're doing a different job than you. Yeah, but, you know, it's not really the same boss. Yeah, but, I mean, this is uh, a discrimination suit against the boss that has two teams, one female and one male, they play the exact same game. They are asked to do the exact same job. And yet they are treated unequally and always have been. Um, and they
0: do it better, by the way.
1: And they do it better. Right. So not only, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect, it's, they're the perfect, again, there's that word role models. They're the perfect people to file the, a lawsuit like this because it is, it is apples to apples, it is, it is a, a direct comparison with the same employer. So, um, yeah, and they're more popular and have had way more success than the men. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, they're a really fascinating team on so many levels. So,
0: so what is your response? Because you, you know what the number one, mostly male response is when that conversation comes up. Hey, the Men's World Cup generates X. The Women's World Cup generates Y. This is a simple math problem how do you respond well
1: okay that? so if it's a math problem, the men's world cup generated f- generated five last year's men's World Cup generated five times the viewership than the women's did, but they get paid thirteen times more, so that's not a very good math problem right right, right. and and if you're talking just about u s soccer um that's not even. our men are not involved in the math problem (laughs) they're 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 you know they're doing their um vocabulary lessons while the women are doing the math problem i mean they didn't make the the world cup and and yes u.s uh fifa distributes funds to the the different bodies um the different governing bodies so u.s soccer gets certain amount of money they don't There's no law that says they have to give the men X and the women Y. They decide that on their own. And, yeah. Uh, And so when you're talking about the math problem, which isn't a problem, in this country, you know, the women have been more successful. They've won more. They've uh, attracted higher ratings overall. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. It's a silly thing to say.
0: I, I, I like how you're bringing up, you know, we, we, we shouldn't. And, and I don't think we do ask for everybody to celebrate the same way, act the same way. Um, you brought up Hope Solo. She certainly challenged people's sensibilities. I had a friend call me the other day and say, listen, he goes, the, the equal pay conversation. He goes, I, I, I have their back. I'm, I'm, I, I get it. I, I love the messaging. He goes, but what's your take? And he has a young daughter. He has two young daughters he goes, there's so much video out there right now of them getting off the plane and they're drunk and they're, you know, the way, I mean, suggestive dancing. And he goes, you know, the role model thing for our daughters, he goes, I'm trying to figure out when, when to show it to them and when, when, when not. Well, if he, if he had said that to you, what would you have said?
1: Um, I don't know. My my kids grew up watching Madison Bumgarner pour a six pack of beer over his no. head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, I think there's some pretty drunk footage of the warriors, um, during some parades, you know? So I, again, I think it's a double standard. Do we, um, you know, I think you can s- show that and say, I think those girls had some champagne on the plane right. <laughs> and they're right. 20, all over 21, right. except maybe Tierna Davidson, who, yeah. you know? Um, but, but, uh, yeah, they're they're allowed to drink champagne. I mean, if 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 their kids are sports fans, they've probably seen some guys getting pretty hammered in the locker room.
0: Right, right, right. I think that's fair. In general, what do you think is the responsibility of any athlete when when they have these platforms that, that get created to to send positive messaging or just some kind of messaging?
1: I think. I think, you know, I totally disagree with Charles Barkley. I mean, you know, that was a million years ago yeah, that yeah. Charles Barkley said that. We live in a different era. But if you are asking people to buy your brand or buy into your brand and you're, you know, and, and that is what athletes do now. They create their own brand through Instagram and and uh, Facebook and Twitter. And, and so they, I th- I think there's a responsibility to, um, to try and be, uh, you know someone that you would want your kids buying that brand. Cause I mean, let's face it, you know, kids are the consumers of tomorrow and the, you know, and sure having an edge, maybe that's, you know, that's part of your brand, but um, I think being disrespectful or rude or um, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it, it depends. I think being honest is really what most people should be. I mean, not everyone can be Steph Curry. Um, and and not everyone is but i don't know i just think if you're asking people i think i think they need to be i think athletes of all genders and all ages need to be conscious of that they are a brand and that you're kind of inviting the public to either you know be in with you or you could repel them and they don't want to be in with you so um you know i think i, th- I think a lot of athletes get the wrong idea that just being famous is enough and I think um, you know I think there's a lot and I, I, that's one of the things I love about both those women on, on um, the, the soccer team, about you know the warriors that that they they see that they are a brand they have a platform and they can use it for change and I'm not just meaning their political messaging because that's a matter of taste but i'm meaning activism in the community in terms of raising awareness about need and and about things like bullying and you know there's a lot of things that athletes can do now that maybe they weren't able to do before when it was just you know are they going to get a Pepsi ad or are they going to do whatever promotion that their the the team is asking them to do so there's there's a lot of ability for them to create change
0: more with Ann Killian on Ballers with Babies. You uh you know, here we are in the Bay. You you've lived here a long time. You grew up here. How has it changed over the years?
1: The warriors are good. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: they were. <laughs> they were <laughs>
1: they were good. They were. Um, you just wrote an article
0: that talked about how the the downfall of the whole thing, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um you know, the bay area has changed tremendously. Um there's just I mean it like everywhere there's it's so much more crowded. There's so many more, you know, teams, there's so many more um uh, options to where to spend your dollar. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of wealth. You know, I just took a tour of Chase Center, yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it is so opulent, and you know the the cost of uh, of what it, those seats are going to cost when you are in a you know. Sweet suite with your own private butler. And I mean, it's, it's, it's bananas. So, I mean, that's changed. I think the, the passion, um, there's, I, I just think it's a great area for sports because there are passionate fans. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of ties that run really deep, but there's so much perspective and so much more perspective than there are in a lot of, you know, really great sports cities. Um, I think that, um, it's no, it's no, um, mis- not a coincidence that that uh, a lot of really interesting, smart athletes have made their way to the Bay Area and have plied their trade here and and um, become stars here. Because I, I think it's an area where um, athletes are are accepted for who they are, um, and they are allowed, you know, we, we don't necessarily put them in little boxes of this is what you have to do. This is how you have to be. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's a good, I think, it you know, we, we get called soft, but, um, I think it's a, I think it's a good sports town because there is that perspective on things.
0: Yeah. You were talking about kind of the, you know, the, the, maybe the sophistication of the fan. I don't know if that you said perspective. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a big time free agent departure in the NBA, like we just saw with Kevin Durant where the fan base largely just kind of shrugged their shoulders. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there was, that was, the whole thing was so weird. Um, One, it had been telegraphed for a year. Right. I mean, there were a few fans who were super in denial that I would hear from occasionally. You, the media, you're forcing him out. Right. It's like, nah, we have nothing to do with this. And, um, you know, anyone who was around the team knows that, you know, that thing weighed over that team so heavily all season. It was exhausting. And, yes, he's a, you know, generational talent. He's a superstar. So the trade-off was worth it. But the fact that it was coming to an end, I think everyone kind of knew it. But then also, you know, the the devastating injury, um, which, you know, it's bad to say it, but it certainly tempered the, the exit because you knew he wasn't right. even going to be on the court for a year. Um, and I, I think definitely, and I kind of wrote about this a little bit, but I definitely think that, you know, the loss of Iguadala and to a lesser extent Sean Livingston – were by far the more um, difficult losses for the fans because they meant a lot more. You know, Durant was, he was passing through. And it was kind of clear the whole time that he was just passing through. So those guys who were there at the very beginning, and, and, you know, we've seen this with every team, you know, going back to the 49ers in 1981 to the Giants in 2010, that first team... When that first team wins a championship, it, it cements a place in the fans' hearts that's really, you know, hard to replicate. I mean, no matter what comes after, I think it's, it's that first team that is the one that they're really in love with.
0: You talked about how different things are now uh, versus, you know, your childhood. What was childhood like here? How, how would you put that into words?
1: Uh, well, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, Marin (laughs) County was a pretty cool little place. You know, there were a lot of hippies around instead of VCs. But, uh, uh, you know, in terms of the sports world, um, it was the 49ers and the Raiders and the Giants. And then to a lesser extent, the A's. And I I was, um, my dad, my sports love comes from my dad. And my dad was a huge Giants fan, huge Giants fan. Um, And so... When I was a little kid, I just remember, you know, the Giants games were always on the radio. Um, you know, I would, that that was the sound of my childhood. Willie Mays was my dad's idol. Um, but then the A's come along and start winning World Series, and I'm a little kid, and I'm like, they have mustaches and white shoes, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> so my, 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 that, I think, you know, we started a little rivalry going then. Um, and then I also... Uh, the raiders you know they were the bad boys and they had long hair and they were kind of cool and uh and um and my dad was a 49er fan and so he didn't like it when his daughter was like i love the raiders <laughs> um, but uh yeah we didn't you know i i went to candlestick a, a few times when i was young um i went to i i wrote a story recently about um going to oracle arena then the oakland cal County Alameda Coliseum Arena um, for a friend's like sixth grade or no uh, third grade birthday party. And that was the first time I'd ever gone to a Warriors game and thinking like that it was amazing. So um, I just think kids. I mean, I laugh at my kids, you know, they grew up going to AT&T, now Oracle Park, and it's like, you have no idea, no, no, no. idea how easy you <laughs> yeah. have it, right. with your fancy slide and Coke bottle and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I think it's different. Um, I think that there's just, uh, I think it's cool, I think, you know, uh, my kids are... And not just because I'm a sports writer. Like they went to a lot more baseball games than I did. They would mm-hmm. go and get bleacher seats and sit in the bleachers, um, on their own when they're in high school and stuff. So I think it's fun. I think, you know, the 49ers being in Santa Clara is definitely from anyone who lives in San Francisco North, kind of a big bummer. Yeah. It feels like they, they might as well as moved to Fresno, you know, <laughs> in many ways, it's <laughs> a long way away. They don't feel like it really part of the city. Um, you know so and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming year with the raiders leaving um i think their fan base is just going to just drop off cuz they've already been burned once they're not going to i don't think they're going to stick around that much not very many of them and then and then with the warriors move um it's it's going to be different there's no doubt about it
0: yeah yeah i wonder i mean what what does happen to the and i don't even know how representative this is of, of the greater area, but the, the East Bay sports fan it's, um, you know, this is, this has been a tough couple of years.
1: Yeah. Well, it has been. Um, and I hope the A's do right by them and, um, figure this thing out pretty quickly and stop kind of, you know, yanking everybody's chain and really get something built and stay there. I, you know, we still haven't really seen anything tangible along those lines. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Raider thing is is a drag. Uh, I think I think the Warriors are going to do the right thing and continue to be invested in the city of Oakland and um, through their foundation and stuff. I it is a drag. It's a it's a bummer. Um, you know, to me, at, when I was a young child, Oakland was the sp- center of the sports world, not just the Bay Area sports world. The center of the sports world. You know, the A's were the best team. The Raiders were for a a time, definitely one of the best teams. Um, And and then, you know, the Warriors threw a championship in there. So it is kind of sad to see um, that that, that's gone. Uh, But I do think we do live in such a transitional area. There's so many people who are from somewhere else that I don't know. I I don't know if the hardcore East Bay fan is kind of the way it it used to be, you know, back when. Yeah, when I was growing up,
0: Um, this is a little off topic, but I have to ask. So you uh, you wrote on Twitter a couple of months ago. Sports talk radio is so idiotic, it it makes my ears bleed. So I have to ask (laughs) what you were listening to. And and I hope it wasn't my show. (laughs) um think it could have been but
1: i think i was bouncing around uh, between various stations and various shows and there were a lot of hot takes and i don't really remember but it might have been about kevin durant because there was a lot of um it again it's one of those things um where if you're around a team a lot you kind of even if you can't necessarily write it or say it out loud you kind of know what the vibe is. Yeah. And then all these people who, um, I mean, no offense to you and yours, but a lot of those people don't go anywhere. They are right. sit in their studio and they talk about things and then, um, you know, they go home at the end of the day. So they're not really around the team in the way that um, – other media members are so that That's was fair. that was probably it maybe my ears were really bleeding <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> uh, I had to ask I had to ask
0: um um you know I, I I you mentioned earlier that um and this happens I think to anybody uh certainly in our business probably in most businesses but you know there there are so many more young women that want to get into the business now and I'm sure that you get asked all the time how do we get in what 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 is your advice? What do you say?
1: Uh, well, my advice is to get a good education. Mm-hmm. I, I don't just say that because I'm a mom, um but <laughs> but I do you know, there's so many um, I don't know, like really little specific majors of, you know, that are kind of marketing, advertising, such. I I just say get a good liberal arts education and learn how to write um, because no matter what you're doing in media, whether you're talking, whether you're on TV, whether you're, you're doing magazines or news, you have to learn how to write and communicate. So uh, know how to do that and get some practical experience. If you're in college, work on your school paper, your school radio station, I mean, do, you know, unfortunately unpaid internships are you know not going away so do internships but um definitely some some real life experience um i i do hear from kids you know, people who are in college who are like can i get an internship at the chronicle i'm like well and it's like june you huh. know like well did you apply <laughs> did year, you <laughs> did you or do you work for your school paper no but i think it'd be cool like Have some realistic parameters. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people who, you know, want informational interviews, um, which I think, you know, it's valuable to be informed about the career you want to get into before you try to get into it. And I do run across a lot of people who who really don't understand what the career is, but still think it seems cool. So, um, yeah, that would be some of my advice.
0: A um, couple fun questions, and I know it's probably it's been a number of years since uh, you you've needed a babysitter. But if uh, <laughs> if you had to pick any athlete you covered to babysit your kids, Steve, who would it be? Steve Young. You, but you didn't even let me finish that question. You got it
1: out. <laughs> well, now it might be Steph. It <laughs> right. might be Steph. Right. right. Not Draymond. No offense, Draymond. He'd be super fun. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't think Clay would pay enough attention right. to our, to the details. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I mean. Steve Young is often my go-to um, uh, answer to "Who would you invite to a dinner party? Who would you have babysit your kids?" Steve um, is just super smart, can talk about anything, yeah. kind of seems to kind of blend into any kind of situation he's in. So I kind of feel like, like he would he when my kids were little, he could have you know, taking my daughter to her soccer practice, you know, wrestled (laughs) with my son, cleaned down the dishes. He's, he's pretty versatile. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: I think that's, I think that's a good description. What was your uh, worst parenting moment?
1: Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? (laughs) Of the, of the thousands? (laughs) Worst parenting moment. Um, oh God, I can't even, I can't even, um, I mean, there's some bad ones that I I'm not going to sell. Yeah, I'm don't. not going to sell my kids out, <laughs> um, or even my ex. As fun as that would be, um, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, I just think the the tough things, and and I'll just keep it in the context of um, of of sports are like, you know, your kids having a crisis, and you're in uh, yeah. Torino right. at the Olympics. You know, and and you just feel. I mean, I think a lot of, um, and I'm sure men feel this too, but not as much as women, but I think while it's not an either or proposition, I think for a lot of moms with careers outside the home, um, you feel like you're doing, you're not doing either one well, you know? You're you're like, I'm not giving my full attention to my job. I'm not giving my full attention to my kids. I'm doing everything half-assed. But at the end of the day, it all works out, so...
0: Um, couple of, uh, couple of sports questions on the way out here. Um, in just the last six months, uh, you know, we've watched Larry bears life and platform and, and role with the giants change. We've seen a minority owner with the warriors get temporarily banned because of his behavior on court with another player. We've watched giants owner have to apologize for donations. He was making to a racist organization, you know, in, in the age of cell phones and social media aggressive politics right now. Uh, How do you think life has changed over the years for those who are in that spot, kind of in charge of the sports world?
1: Uh, I think it's changed a lot. And I think that social media doesn't allow anything to get swept under the rug. And I think that that's a good thing. It's one of the benefits of social media. There's a lot of downside. Um, And, you know, the Larry Bear situation was, was pretty fascinating because he's the most publicly conscious person that I know. Yeah. Um, PR conscious. And so the fact that, you know, something like that happened, um, with someone like that just shows that, uh, um, yeah, people lose control and, and it, it it's not pretty, but I mean, I, I, the Charles Johnson thing, I felt like he didn't seem to even understand like how, how anyone found out about that. Like, yeah. so I just think, you know it's a learning process for everyone um and it's it's everyone's going to be aware uh but i also think that um you know the fact that that next morning after that incident at the warriors game with the with the minority owner um happened and it came out that i mean nobody knew who that was you know they're they've like 25 owners sure. so you we don't it's not lake or goober we don't know who it is um so it came out that he, this guy's a minority owner and i i i liked that that information was out there because i think you know the way he behaved he seemed like a guy who can do whatever he wants and nobody ever busts him on it um and i also got to say it was really and i think i wrote about this too but really interesting to see. You know, If that had been the NFL, he would have lawyered up. There would have been hemming and hawing and all this stuff. It'd still be going on today. Yeah. I got to the press conference the next day, the, the press availability. And I saw my friend who works for the NBA. And I said, are you guys going to have a statement? And she said, it should be in your inbox. And it, And sure enough, there was an email in my inbox. And by the end of the hour interview session, the punishment had already been held down. I mean, I just, the NBA does not mess around. Yep. Like, they, they have a moral authority. They've established the league, you know, Adam Silver has a moral authority. The owners go along with it, and it's, it, it works. And it's just funny to me that other leagues cannot figure that out.
0: I mean, the NFL seems to unabashedly not even try.
1: They don't even try. They they let their owners do whatever they want, and it's one of the reasons they have such an acrimonial relationship with their players. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, you recently said in an article the uh, Warriors' offseason has kind of been like watching a uh, slow car wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do you think it all goes from here?
1: To the Chase Center, <laughs> um, to the to the place with That's the private answer, with yeah. the private butlers. Um, well, I think. It could just be, well, I mean, they could be competitive for sure. They have a good coach. They have three of the great players in the NBA. They have, um, I don't know about the pieces they're putting around, but, you know, I, I, so they could be in the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're not going to be, but, um, and it could be just kind of a, a one year interruption. They could figure it out and, and, uh, do some other things. But I think, It definitely feels like the end, you know, it definitely, that era, that era of brilliance and joy and, and, and I mean, joy for the fans. I'm not saying they're not going to play with joy. Steph's still on the team, but that era that was just so, for anyone who grew up watching or having to cover some of the worst NBA teams ever, um, that just seems so crazily good, you know, that, that super fun era is over. Yeah.
0: Um, thank you so much for this time. This sure. is wonderful. Uh, to Welcome have to you. the
1: neighborhood. Thank you so much. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it.